Good day. You are listening to Free City Radio. It is Wednesday, the 20th of April. I'm your host, Stefan Christoph in Montreal. This is the 106th edition of the program. Today, uh, I'm going to be playing an interview from the archives. We'll be hearing musician, composer, academic, Wadada Leo Smith. This was a conversation I recorded five years ago on the project that Wadada was working on called 10 Freedom Summers, which explores histories of struggle for emancipation, uh, specifically the legal case launched by Dred Scott for emancipation and against enslavement, while also looking at other paramount moments within the civil rights movement generations later. The work of Wadada Leo Smith ties connections between different struggles uh, within the U.S. of black communities fighting for emancipation and liberation. This uh, is a project that is ongoing. Wadado Leo Smith has been very active in creating and composing music. A lot of his work is based on visual scores. I had the chance to see him uh, in Montreal at La Salarosa about five years ago. And it was just amazing to see the compositional practice live uh, through visual scores. Um, and I wanted to play this interview from the archives. It's an excellent one, and I hadn't featured it here on the podcast. So here's my conversation with Wadada Leo Smith. I'm with Wadada Leo Smith, who's a composer, musician, uh, performed last night at the Sala Rosa um, with the Golden Quartet, and we're sitting on St. Laurent Street here in Montreal. Good day. Yeah, it's a beautiful day. Oh, yeah. 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 So thanks for speaking with us. Um, I guess to start... Um, I would maybe just like to hear a bit about um, some of the pieces we, we heard last night, just as a starting point. Um, Ten Freedom Summers, um, you visited a lot of both uh, figures central to liberation struggles mm-hmm. in the United States uh, for emancipation, um, also more recent history in terms of uh, New York City, 9-11, um, really sort of you had this historical map going on mm-hmm. and then translated through musicality. Um, maybe if you could just start by talking a bit about that project and, and where it's coming from. Well, the project opens with uh, Dred Scott, 1857, I believe it is, or 53, where it looks at, um, for me, the, the, the central issue was when was the first debate about race in America that happened. And it happened during that time because when Dred Scott was a slave, quote, slave, his master died and the master kids wanted to inherit him as property. And so some people got with him and they, the case went all the way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court, of course, ruled against him, but he became the most famous quote, slave uh, of his time. Mm. And um, I started there because issues of rights and privileges and stuff like that, um, I needed to have a point in which this issue was actually addressed completely by a legal system, which was the United States Supreme Court. And this was done in St. Louis, Missouri. As part of my research, I I went to that city and I saw that court, okay. Um, but the ruling was that that a black uh, 
man or person, because they, he wasn't addressed properly, has no rights in which a white man should respect. That was the ruling. Okay. That Supreme Court justice, I believe that his uh, photograph has been removed from the courts, you see, because that ruling was, was really uh, pretty horrendous, okay? So that's kind of the, 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 the beginning piece, not the first composed sure. piece, but beginning piece in those three collections. Um, wow. I look at major issues, like, for example, uh, Brown versus Board of Education, which is a court case that was brought before the Supreme Court that was eventually won. Yeah. And But the winning of that case never fixed or solved any of the problems because it was a problem of education being separate but equal, as they pretend. Sure. It wasn't separate. It was separate but not equal. Okay. And so the justice who was a Supreme Court justice, um, uh, he was formerly the governor of California. Okay. I'm, and I'm forgetting his name right now, but uh, in California, he was the governor that in that that put the Japanese in concentration camps oh my God. during the Second sure. World War. Yeah. So when he became Chief Justice, and this issue of race come before him, like the Brown versus Board of Education, 1954, he wanted a unanimous decision because he's trying to save his soul, okay? Chief Justice Earl Warren, that's his name, okay? And so what he did, he, he worked hard behind the scenes to get a unanimous decision on this Brown versus Board of Education, okay. and he got it. Okay. But in the meantime, the, 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 the writing of the ruling uh, distorted okay. the victory. It said that this legal segregation should be erased in with deliberate speed. Okay. Which meant that that's another way of deferring justice. You don't have justice wiped sure. done by deliberate speed. Justice done immediately. Yeah. You see. So that meant that that even though he had fought to get this case open and a unanimous decision. Sure. He also killed it by putting this phrase with deliberate speed. Uh, uh, one of the scholars at Harvard, um, Overtree is his name, okay. uh, he went and investigated this, this word deliberate and deliberate speed, and he found that it goes really way back. And it always inferred that it would be a way of actually blocking justice as opposed to opening it up. You see, so, so, so we're looking at an issue okay. of 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 a human being who who addressed the issue of slavery, and tried at that time in the 1800s to move it from the category of property into the areas of human rights, mm -hmm. and uh, what is it? Nearly a hundred years later, in 1954 the Supreme Court hears this case about education, which should have been resolved. Even though the case was won, it never resolved the issue. And, see, and still today you have this unequal uh, representation of 
knowledge and information mm-hmm. in schools. See, um, mm-hmm. uh, so mm-hmm. so Ten Freedom Summer looks at these kinds of sure. issues, um, and it and nine eleven is is like an event. It looks at that aspect too because nine eleven is you don't look at it as being an issue of justice and freedom in that context. But I put it into the context for the same reason I put Dred Scott. Um, that showed, at that point, the idea of what I believe humanism is about. That is, those people trying to find and make a decision about life and death, where the decision that they make, both of them leads to death. That is, when they jump from the building, they stay there, they're going to burn it up. They jump, they're going to die from crashing on the pavement. Sure. So what does that say about the human being? It says something very profound. I can't articulate it, but it tells me that mm-hmm. uh, that person really does value the quality of life and the presence of life. Mm-hmm. That is the presence to make a choice of when they will be taken out. Either there mm-hmm. on the ceiling or those few seconds before they hit the ground. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and I find that that, that particular issue is, is one of a tragedy because what can you do in a situation like that? And what courage it takes to make a choice. That's a, that's a deep courage. And to me, that expressed something about the human being, that the human being will always strive to in, endure and prolong life, even though it's only for a few seconds. Okay, And choice, understanding that that's a choice. Pretty, pretty fantastic. I see like this historical arch in your, your work. Yes. Um, the, the history of struggle uh, in the United States um, for justice um, is um, in the origins of that um, entire national project, um, both um, from the grassroots perspective and then also at, at the levels of, of, of government, yeah. at the highest level, you have this constant conflict right. uh, between forces for justice um, and uh, forces of colonialism, essentially, uh, that whole economic model right. rooted, right. of course, in slavery that has really um, transformed into this global beast today. Um, so I'm wondering, as a jazz musician or as an improviser and a composer specifically, because you passed around your scores today, which were beautiful, I do want to ask you about that. Mm-hmm. I mean... It seems that throughout these, this historical arch, um, the United States has also really found a voice. Uh, musicians have told this story in so many ways, um, both lyrically, but also in, 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 in notation. In, 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 right. And it's, it's just really, really awesome and amazing to see this historical arch being projected because I feel like today in the contemporary context of like issues of, of struggles for justice are addressed like even by some artists it's very it's very focused like in terms of looking at very contemporary event or one specific issue but that historical perspective is sort of lost for you as as a composer looking at this historical struggle for justice 
you know, particularly the black freedom struggle in the United States. Um, uh, can you talk about that importance of like that historical arc to your work? Well, yes. Um, uh, the historical element is, is an informing process. Um, I, I take my cue in the same idiom as August Wilson does. August Wilson wrote what's called the Pittsburgh Cycle, a, ten, ten, a set of ten plays. And each of the play uh, covered a uh, hundred years. Okay. okay. And what he did in this in this context was he employed cultural as the element of expression to look at the historical sure. issue. Sure, you sure. see, and I take it exactly from him. Okay. My that's why I use the word ten freedom summer. He took a decade. Okay. Through, through each play representing 100 years, I took uh, one decade, which would actually be uh, one of each of, one day out of each of the decades, which made 10 of them. Wow. You see? And my, my structure is historical okay. as an as a, as a informative quality, but the real core of what I'm looking at is a cultural arc with the psychological. Um, uh, merge, sure. so 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 sort of cultural psychological merge, with by being informed by historical events. Okay, yeah. and um, I understood his plays um, uh, that he showcased the evolution of culture, because that's the element in society that cannot be depressed or, or suppressed. You see. You can suppress the physical body, sure. the environment, and et cetera, but culture still thrives, yeah. and it still explodes and still moves on, you yeah. see, yeah. because culture is something that the creator um, put inside of people that could never, ever be distorted, mm. you see, whereas, whereas the, the, the political and the social and the economic reality can be ex exploded and distorted, but culture cannot. And it, it transcends all of the uh, impact of, of, of unpolitical um, right decisions. It, yeah. it transcends all of that. Because even in slavery, we discovered that there were people composing music and making composition, you see, and theater as well. All these things. Or in and dance. prisons today. In prison, exactly. Yeah. You see. So, 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 so cultural is that new... Uh, inquiry mm. that makes it so um, that provides so much information mm. even in American scholastic uh, terrain today mm. jazz cool jazz cool we use the word creative music but jazz is the fastest growing scholarly topic mm. in these institutions sure. and the reason for that is because it's a cultural inquiry that they're looking through to try to solve some of the practical problems of society. Like for example, if, 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 if Congress could model the practice in an ensemble, yeah. anywhere in the world, anybody's Congress or parliament, yeah. you would have a better, a unique form of justice in a, in a much more creative yeah. and productive society than we have today, which is modeled off for economics and um, uh, political um, uh, 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 shrinking. Yeah, 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 
Yeah. So on on the on the on the in terms of representing a lot of these ideas in in, in music, I mean, from the show last night and also just looking a bit at your score, you have this mm. mix of um, compositions that's almost it's noted notate, notated, but there's a visual score element, a lot of like. Mm -hmm. Um, references and there's a mix of improvisation and composition right. uh, dialogue even with the written yeah. parts yeah. The, the, the improvisation yeah. occurs and for example when we did um, when we did uh, uh, democracy last okay. night um, each person had one segment that they used not the full score just one segment okay, okay? and Anthony Davis I used him as the horizontal marker he had two sections that slow section that he would play, sure. that was that was to center the improvisation that occurred before it, and yeah. also mark the improvisation that would come after yeah. it. You see, and so so like 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 we we didn't play none of the full pieces. We we our idea was to construct an entirely new piece out of these elements that come out of these other pieces, and therefore we give our of listening and viewing presence, something that's unique for them and could never be seen by anybody else that was not there. It's an experience. Thing. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, so, so the shaping of this stuff, uh, that is the musical properties, come in a very peculiar way that meant to induce improvisation or creativity, even in the parts that are actually notated, because my notation allows it to be interpreted in different ways. Like for example, if you only have two components, like in the notated part with long or short sounds, already you have the possibility of generating different ideas about that. And then you have this other component, improvisation, which also is open for a debate, instrumentally or compositionally or improvisatory on the spot. So, so, the, so the stuff ends up being pretty well shaped in the presence right there, even though it's, it's school-bound or school-guided. Often when we talk about um, the language of um, a lot of the historical struggles you, you talked about and you reference in your work, um, we think about language as the obvious. Uh, speeches, right. transcriptions of, of political meetings. You're visiting this whole reality of language, um, the language of musicality, and how it how it has represented these struggles through the ages, right. through generations, in fact. Right. Um, so, yeah, could you talk a bit about that in relation to the, the 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 way that you approach the musicality in a live show, too? Well, when when you think about about uh, the idea of freedom, okay, mm -hmm. um, all of those early figures, straight on through to now. Uh, and if we look just at musicians, like Duke Ellington wrote a very f important piece in the in the um, uh, in the early '30s, I believe it is, and called Black, Brown, and Beige. Mm -hmm. And that piece had had a very profound meaning that most people don't don't apply to it. Black, Brown, and Beige was 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 about it. It looked like it addressed issues of color, mm. but it doesn't. It, it addresses issues of culture. It addresses the world as being a really a mixture of people of color, mm. you see. And that whole philosophy 
is is in, is is expressed when you come, let's say, decades later, with Malcolm X, not Malcolm X, but um, uh, Max Roach, when he talks about <laughs> freedom, Max freedom Roach. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He talks about freedom now, mm. and and then you move just a tiny bit further, and you got. People like uh, Anna Coleman and uh, uh, Albert Aller and Don Aller and Don Cherry. Mm -hmm. I mean, these people explored the whole possibility of culture being able to transform these issues into reality, you see. And the only thing that stopped it from being a reality is that all of those units that were fighting for social justice, they went back for earlier musics which could not possibly liberate them as, a, as, as, as the music that they were look, looking at, you see. So, that, that, so that, that means that the music of freedom, which was called freedom music, sure. free music, sure. uh, the, the civil rights and all issues of, of rights, was it women rights or whatever, they all obscured that music and went backwards and got stuff that, that was emotionally in memory connected with them as opposed to being something that was intellectually and spiritually connected with them, which would have been that music of freedom, you see. Yeah, so, 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 so one could argue, oh. and I would believe be very successful, okay. that had the civil rights movement endorsed the music of their times, there's the Annie Coleman, the Cecil Taylors, and etc., that a lot of the issues we face today, or at least some of them, I put it that way, would have would have been resolved. Interesting. There's this historical reference, but also it sounds that there's the argument towards the creative process as the motion towards imagining a future. Exactly. Futurism. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because the whole idea of liberty really in truly sense means trying to shape a society in which you would love to live in, mm. though you may not never live in it. Sure. You see, because, because liberty and freedom are words that can never be completed, you see. Sure. They, they, are, they, are like, they are like line landmarks in which we go after, and once we achieve some of them through whatever systems that are available, like, like, like the court systems and et cetera, mm. It, that line becomes invisible and moves forward again, you see. And that's the, that's the, uh, that's the guarantee that, that struggle should be endorsed as a continuous process as opposed to struggle to victory. Sure. Because the victory is an illusion, you see. It, it, you never gain victory. But you keep moving forward because that moving forward actually liberates little bits of territory in the social spectrum yes. that's going to enhance everybody at some stage. See, so yeah, it, it's it, it's it's all connected in the sense that we strive for it. We know that it's actually uh, something that we can strive for and that it's real. But it never gets there. It's like when you're looking at at the sky. The sky looks blue, but if you keep going up there, you never find that blue. You see. Yeah, yeah. But you know that it, there's an illusion about it being there, and we refer to it as being the sky. Okay. Yeah.
Without Leo Smith, thanks so much. Appreciate Thank it. Yeah, thanks yeah. so much. My pleasure too. That was a conversation with musician, composer, academic Wadada Leo Smith. Um, I just wanted to uh, play this from the archives. I hadn't uh, featured this interview here on Free City Radio podcast. Thanks to Wadada for uh, speaking to me and also to um, music curator Peter Burton for helping arrange this interview. This has been uh, another edition of Free City Radio, the 106th. It is the 20th of April. We bring a new episode every week. Uh, so stay tuned for our um, episode next week. And I'll go out with a piece of music featuring Wadato Leo Smith on trumpet. Uh, I'll talk to you soon and take care. Thank you.